0: Hi, I'm Olaumi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above their level of thinking. Are you looking for transmission from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Super Abundant Life Podcast, where we tackle real issues by examining the lives of real people and extracting real life solutions that are rooted in the wisdom of God. This is your host, Olaomi (laughs) Brigway. Hi, this is Olaomi, and this week we are talking about your child's journey to academic excellence. And to help me, um, I have the pleasure of having this conversation with my daughter, Maxine.
1: Hi, I am very grateful to be here.
0: Okay. (laughs) It's great to have you on the podcast. So this is your first time on the podcast. It is. Yeah. Have you listened to the
1: podcast? I have listened to the podcast
0: before. Is it strange listening to your mom?
1: yeah it is but (laughs) in a good way
0: in a good way yeah are you just saying that or you mean it?
1: i mean it i mean it
0: okay um maxine recently completed her secondary education uh gcses and she's now moved on to the next level of our education which is sixth form so what we really want to do today is just have a conversation and talk um from two different perspectives so from the perspective of the parents so from my perspective as a parent and also someone with you know quite a few years of ex- of experience um, in secondary education as a teacher and as a leader and we're also going to be looking from her perspective as the child and the student um, the reason why I've titled the episode Your Child's Journey to Academic Excellence is because I have found that it really is a journey. It's not a quick fix. It's not a matter of, oh, my child is intelligent. As a result of that, they're going to do well or achieve excellent grades in school. Not necessarily. I've also found that there are so many things, so many ups and downs in that journey that when people hit those sort of snags, if they don't understand that it's part of the process or part of the journey, they might, you know, be deceived into thinking, oh, it's not working and give up. Exactly. So, yeah. Anyone?
1: Um. Yes, because for me personally, I realised that uh, the GCSEs is a two-year course for year 10 and year 11. And I realised in year 10 that the grades I was getting then did not determine the grades I could get in year 11. And that if I carried on working really hard and implementing certain steps that I would be able to do anything and change my grades drastically, which I did. Okay,
0: awesome. So um, that we, it's going to be quite holistic because we're not, so this episode is not going to focus on maybe just the DCSE study skills and the nitty gritty of things like that. No, we're going to talk about it holistically in terms of the child, the environment, and all those things, uh, as we said, from the parent's perspective and also from the child's perspective. So. In doing that, we're going to um, divide this um, episode into two sections and I'm going to start. So as I share my own... um takeaways, my own ahas and the wisdom I picked up along the way, etc. cetera. Maxine is also going to jump in and we're going to have a conversation about everything that I share. And then in the second part of the podcast today, she would, you know, talk about her own journey, um, from her perspective, and then we'll have conversations around that as well. So what I wanted to, you know, say or pass across that I've learned as a parent is so there are five elements of success. You know, having sat down and thought about it in my own parenting journey, what are the five elements that I have one way or the other and at different points um been committed to building into the child? So my child, my children, okay? Um Are you good with that, Maxi? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So the first thing, you know, that I've learned, that I've learned in parenting is, you know, if you're trying to build your child to achieve academic excellence or excellence in whatever area of life, is that it's about building the child and not just focusing on the results. And what do I mean by that? I basically mean a lot of times I, you know, I found, uh, you know, I found myself doing this and I also observe it now in so many parents they're so focused on the results um, and they're not really doing what needs to be done in order to generate the results so it's more like you only want the fruits so yeah you know you're trying to do everything you can to get the fruits but you haven't actually rooted the child in order to produce the fruits so what are the things when i talk about building a child i'm talking about building the character Building, you know, the values into the child that will effortlessly produce the fruits. So, for example, things like discipline and commitment to have the kind of value where the child sees work ethic or hard work as something that is necessary or is required. So it's about building the child as a person. Because when we do that, then what it means is they become the kind of person that produces excellent results, rather than neglecting building the child and then now expecting the results to come without that, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Because from the child's point of view, um, without having the initial push from yourself to be able to do um, to excel in exams it can be very overwhelming for a parent to somewhat suddenly say that they expect you to get to these really high grades where you may not be seeing that for yourself because you don't believe that you could do it and it just it can make the child resent the parent and make the child feel really overwhelmed.
0: Okay so what what I hear you saying is if if you don't sort of have If that capacity has not been built into you to be able to handle some of these things or to generate those kind of results, and then the parent sees that come, 11 plus is coming or GCSEs are coming, Um, you have to do well, you have to do one, you know, they begin to hit pressure. If there is, if, if all those core values have not been built into the child, it's additional pressure, isn't it?
1: Exactly. And it just makes the child begin to almost resent the parents because they are aware that they are the ones putting the pressure on them and Mm. they have their own pressure as well. So Mm. it just creates this negative cycle.
0: Right. Okay. So, um, that, that, that's the first thing that I, that I've seen and also as, as a teacher, so let me dip into some of my own experiences um, when I used to teach and you know, when I used to be a leader um, in in secondary schools. And one of the things that I noticed was it wasn't necessarily about the environment. And yes, I know you know you send your child to a good school, um, but I tell people that I've actually taught in pretty much every kind of school. So while I was a teacher. I you know I worked in I think it was four or five different schools and they were different schools so I, I I never went to the same school or the same kind of school so I started off teaching in a boys grammar school that was my very first as a newly qualified teacher I left there and I went to um now they call them academies but back then they were called city technology colleges where they had a little bit more autonomy than the community school. They weren't run by the local authorities. So they, they were high achieving. So like a high achieving academy, that was my second school. My third school, I, you know, I, I taught in what you would call an inner, 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 <laughs> inner city kind of school <laughs> where, Oh my goodness. As in the kind of things I dealt with in terms of disciplinary measures, honest, you know, I think while I was there as a leader, um, we excluded probably as internal exclusions on a weekly basis. In fact, maybe two or three a week, but permanent exclusion, like, you know, a child, you know, bringing in a knife in school, those were the kind of things that I dealt with there. Um, so I've taught in that kind of school. And then I've also taught in an independent school. So, um, across the, f- across all of my experience and the different kind of schools that I, that I've, you know, engaged with one thing I always found was in, so like I said, In like a grammar school where the environment was very um, conducive to excellence. Everybody is, everyone around you, you know, they they wanted to do well. Their parents are pushing them. The teachers are pushing them. Um, There were kids in there. In fact, I remember what, you know, a very frustrating class that I had. One of my very first classes was a year 11 class. And there were about maybe 10 no less than maybe seven boys in there or something like that, because it was supposed to be like the lower end of, you know, the sets and so on. And they were just, wait, wait, you know, they were disaffected. They didn't want to learn. They didn't want to learn. Do you understand? In that kind of environment that was completely en- enabling, but they just were not ready to learn anything. Um, yes, you know, you, so you have things like that. And like I said, in, even in that inner, 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 inner city school where the majority were, you know, maybe a lot of the parents were on benefits and, you know, they were not really encouraging the children to do it well academically. There were still kids in there that still got straight A stars and things like that. So I began to think about it and from observation as well, that it's more, it's more than the school and the environment and the teachers and, and the policies and the style of teaching. I began to realize that it has more to do with how the child is raised at home and the values that are being, you know, um, drummed into that child or that, you know, that the parents are developing in that child. So that's what I mean by build the child. All right, build the child. What values are you teaching your children from when they're from when they're kids, from when they're taught, you know um and I remember I don't want to get ahead of myself, you know, but you know one of the things that I you know i I read an article and I'll come to that later, you know, one of the other elements when I go into detail about it one of you know one of the things I realize is even when a child is as young as three or something like that you can still build the value of work ethic into them by saying tidy up your toys and make your bed when you get up so they're never too young so the first element is you build. Character into the child because if you build the child to become a certain kind of person, someone that is success minded, someone that has a work ethic, someone that you know wants to do well, do you understand? Then it is easy, they will effortlessly produce the result. I agree, yeah, completely. Okay, yeah. so, um, from you know, from Maxine's you know point of view, you know, in terms of raising Maxine and also raising my son Tedri, um, I I sort of, I wouldn't say I started early because um, I, w- I, I wasn't always switched on. You know, let me let me say this. I'm not going to come here and sound all highfalutin. I was not always switched on in terms of parenting, you know, like from from the moment she could walk away, you know, <laughs> 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 we doing English drills, all right, what's your ABC? No, I was not always switched on. What actually switched me on, and this is what, you know, I want to pass across is this. I was a teacher already. In fact, you know, at this point, I, I had probably been teaching about three years because I went into teaching shortly after Maxine was born. So I was, I probably been teaching about three years. And so I shouldn't have known better is what I'm trying to say. But then I realized that I had this idea at that time that the school would handle it. So yeah. the school would handle teaching them to read the school would handle. So she was, I think she went into, um, was it early reception or whatever yeah. it is. It yeah. was at the time. And yeah, she, you know, I was doing things at home, but I wasn't really intentional about what I was doing. I wasn't that dedicated to it because I thought, you know, she'll just grow because I, I think, you know, our own, I think it was a mindset of how I was raised or we were raised growing up in Nigeria. Our parents didn't really, well, and then let me say, ah, my parents, they didn't really sit down with you. They would bring in lesson teacher, you go to after school lesson and all. So I, I just thought it will it would be an external thing that I didn't necessarily need to get involved. Yeah. Right? So I just thought, oh, the school will handle it. I bought her some maybe like leapfrog to do and um, play with what but I didn't really get involved. It was when she's you know, she now started um I think it was early reception and I realized that, you know, I'm like read to me or whatever. And ah girl is not reading that well. Ah uh,
1: I, I, I do remember some of the You remember that. I remember there was a time I couldn't say the word dresses and I thought it was just dress was dress. It was yeah. very I couldn't say dresses, read that. So
0: I, I was like wait hang on it. Shouldn't she I should be able to read at this point? Yes.
1: Moment. She should be able
0: to read fluently um, obviously there'll be some words that she may not be able to pronounce, but I was like, what, what are they teaching in school? And yeah. that was, for me, that was a moment of a massive mindset shift mm-hmm. where I realized, ah, allow me, you should know better. You are a teacher yourself and you have experienced that it's th- what you do for your own children or the kids that you teach is not nearly enough as what their parents do for them at home. You know, this, you know, this. And that was for me when I really began this whole journey of intentional parenting. And I became determined to build my child into the kind of person that would effortlessly produce success. And not, you know, not build the child and then be asking for success, asking for success. And the child Mm. doesn't have the capacity, has not developed the capacity to be able to do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I even remember that um, you were telling me once that the... So, as a child, I used to watch a lot of TV, mm. and that was something I did in my free time. But I remember that um, after a while, I cut down on TV because of you, and you s- told me later on that you had read an article about the yeah, Obama saying, and when it comes to that, that's yeah. why I, I didn't want to go into that. <laughs> so, it
0: was around before that time, it was basically TV yeah. or leapfrog or toys and all those things. Yes, so, all those things. Yes. So, up until that point, where I had my own epiphany, I was like, ah, if I leave this thing, to these people, (laughs) it will not happen. So that's the first thing. The second element that I found is um, failure. The second element that I found is in terms of failure, right? Resilience, teaching a child to become independent don't do everything for your children. And this is also from when they're very young. Don't say, okay, when they're 18 and they say, oh, mommy, I'm going to university, I can't cook. You know, say, go and learn how to cook. Are you not 18? No, if you leave it till then, I found that it may be too late, okay? It's never too late, in fact. Let's not exaggerate. It's never too late. The child will just suffer a bit more.
1: (laughs) 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 In trying to, you
0: know, very quickly throw them into the real world and they very quickly have to grow up and all those things. Mm. So as in starting early. So um, I'll give an example of what I mean. Um, So when I say, you know, resilience, bouncing back from failure, being able to take responsibility for their own actions and to face the consequences of the actions without me as a parent jumping in and easing the consequence of that of that. of that failure, whatever yeah. it is. So I remember, um, a couple of years ago, um, my son was, you know, they were doing swimming in a school and he loves swimming. He yeah. enjoys it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, they're supposed to pack their swimming costume and all those things, towels blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first he had, I had reminded him, uh, the first Monday, I think it was he, he forgot to pack it. He forgot to pack it. So, um, and obviously the school, the school rang me. I said, oh, he, he doesn't have his, his th- whatever. Will you bring it to me? I'm thinking if I'm at work, uncle, you know, will be telling me to come <laughs> and, you know, so I, I just said, okay, fine. I'm at home. I might as well do it. So I did it and I, I took it to him, but I said to him when he got home. So me, my own is one chance. I don't prolong matters. Yeah. When he got home that day, I said to him and I said, listen, TJ, The next time your school calls me that, you know, you forgot your swimming costume or you forgot to pack anything, I'm not bringing it to you, okay? Because I need you to face the consequence of that action. So, even if it was lunch, he forgot, he'll go and he won't eat. As in, I, I, I basically told him that I'm not going to bring it to you. So you have to make sure you remember to pack it and take it with you. Yeah. And guess what? I think it was the following week. He forgot again. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was the following week or the third week or whatever. He forgot again. And again, obviously the school called me and they said, Oh, TJ has forgotten. Could you please bring it? And I said to the woman, I'm really sorry, but I'm not going to bring it, bring it in because I told him that if he forgets it, that means he doesn't get to swim. And the woman said, okay, fair enough. Um, and I would tell TJ that I said, thank you, please deliver the message. And the teacher delivered the message <laughs> and he didn't swim. Since then, he has never forgotten yeah. to pack his stuff. And so that's what I mean from even as a child, if you keep bailing a child out, they will never learn and they will never grow into that capacity of being able to bounce back from failure. Because, you know, this is the point where we talk about the fixed mindset and the growth. Yes. Mindset.
1: Okay. So um, with the fixed mindset, it's the idea that you are either born smart or you're not. And the growth mindset is that you are like a sponge. And you can take in any information that you want to. You're capable of doing whatever you want to do. And uh, I would say that in, a few years ago, I kind of had the fixed mindset because there are certain subjects and certain lessons. My friends would constant, like, consistently be doing better than I would. And I would consistently be doing average. And that was something I really didn't like. And I thought, OK, then I'm just an average school person when it comes to school and that I just have to live with that it was only until that only until I decided to really push myself and to shed the idea of the fixed mindset and go for the growth mindset where I started to do better and it was gradual but I noticed it, and that was enough for me to keep trying and keep doing better.
0: Yes, and you know that's um, you know I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because I remember many many conversations regarding that uh, where Maxine, for example, Maxine is more inclined, you know, she's more gifted in humanities, English, English you know, French, she can yeah. string together all these words. And I'm like, how did you write that, <laughs> right? But you know things like uh, maths, physics, she she she'll do well in it, but it's not her natural gifting. Mm. And she got in, she got this idea into her mind that I'm just not good at maths I just can't yeah. do maths. Uh, the people that you know they'll say they don't even revise and they're guessing all these top grades, yeah, et cetera. Of of that in my
1: school
0: yeah and um so i used to say to her and i used to you know always reinforce this that listen you cannot attain beyond what you believe you can Mm. so that by virtue of that thought that you've accepted you have literally placed a cap on what you're able to achieve that's
1: my first point as well that's very important
0: (laughs) so you have placed a cap on it and because of that cap is there you you're never ever going to break that ceiling so if at those points where the child meets with failure, you have to keep reinforcing the fact that listen, you can bounce back from this. That wall doesn't mean that you're stuck there. Yeah. That's a fixed mindset. Fixed mindset in a child says, Look, I've experienced this failure, I can't bounce back. Yeah. So there's no resilience. So as a parent, one of the things, one of the elements of parenting that, you know, that I believe is Very crucial for success, not just academically, but also in all areas of life when they become adults is no matter what it looks like today, Mm. even if it's not your natural area of gifting, it is teaching the child that you can achieve it if you choose to. And I believe that that comes from when the child is young and you're teaching them to take responsibility. Because when you teach them to take responsibility, you're basically saying the outcomes of their lives are determined by their own actions. Yes. The same way that I said with TJ, if he kept leaving his costume, swimming costume and equipment at home and I kept taking it, that means I'm teaching him that regardless of what you do, this will always be the outcome. Yeah.
1: Do you understand, understand? It, that the
0: outcome is constant, the, the outcome is constant. So, you know, if he forgets it, he, he still has it. If he doesn't forget, it no, that means I'm teaching him that regardless of what you do in life, you will always have this outcome, which is not true. Mm. So what I was teaching him by that example is if you act this particular way, this is the outcome you're going to get. If you adjust yourself and you do better, then you're going to get better results that is one of the ways to teach a child the growth mindset
1: yes and with the idea that you're going to hit a wall because no matter what you do you're always going to get an obstacle and get a wall um one of the ways that i got rid of my fixed mindset was that i kind of imagined the idea of having a wall in front of me whether it be maths or physics or whatever and i thought that with a wall you can either scale a wall and climb over it or you can blow it up so either way, if you have a brick wall, wall in front of you, there's always a way to get out of it, whether mm. or not it's easier. You can just like climb over it. Yeah. Even that is hard, or you can be do something spectacular and just blow it up. Yeah. So either way there's always a way out.
0: There's always so it's it's possibility thinking, isn't yeah. it? It's never accepting that anything about it. Yes. that anything is impossible. So that's mm. the second element of parenting that, you know, is essential for achieving success for a child for your child to achieve success the third one is that is about the sacrifices that no one sees you have to teach the child that you know life is not about plucking ripe mangoes (laughs) (laughs) i love mangoes right (laughs) i grew up you know in the house i grew up in, in the backyard there was this wonderful mango tree and i have wonderful memories of climbing the tree Whoa, <laughs> to that's so mango so <laughs> yeah, <see> <laughs> anyway so it's not like a ripe cherry that's just going to drop on you like that you know um there are sacrifices there's work ethic um and maxim mentioned about the article so around that time where i realized that uh, if i leave this child like mm-hmm. this the success that I'm desiring for her, it will not happen because I could see the trajectory by just leaving it to the school. And let me say this here. It's remember I said, it's not about the school. I have taught in four or five different kinds of schools, including independent school. And some people think, Oh, they complain about and complain and complain about, you know, the, state schools and yeah. say, oh, the class size is too big. The child's not really giving my child individual attention. So I'm going to take the child to independent school. And that is where, huh? No, it's not like that. Even yeah. in independent schools, you know, you, you, as in, in fact, you still had children that are not even guessing five, you know, they've changed it now, isn't it? That are, The 5A starts to C, which is, you've passed yeah you which have is failed basically. yes um there were you know there are still children that may not achieve that so it's not automatic i i you know agreed there are more opportunities but if you have not built the child to be able to take charge or take advantage of those opportunities no matter how privileged the environment is if the child does not take advantage of those privileges you're still going to end up with nothing yeah. so um so what was i saying
1: Oh, about the Obamas and the other. Okay, yes. yes. <laughs>
0: so I got to the point where I realized that I had to be intentional in my parenting. I kind of leave it to the school, no matter how good the school was, because I found out that it was inadequate. Yeah. It was more about what I did as a parent at home yes. that mattered the most. Because she wanted more. Exactly. So two, uh, while I was still in that frame of mind, and I had my own epiphany, epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> two things also happened that helped me because I was now like, I need to do this. I now realize that I don't know how. Yeah, so what I do start. I? Yeah. What do I now do? It doesn't mean I should sit down and read with her once a week. Once and now I, whatever. I didn't know how. So um, at that point, leading up to that point, you know, like she said, there was a lot of TV. There was a lot of, you know, playing and toys and games. Come back from school and it was basically free time. Do whatever you like. But I didn't, you know, I didn't yet have understanding regarding what needed to be done. So I, two things happened. The first one was I went to visit a friend of mine. Um, So two friends of mine, a couple, right? And I realized, and this was the first time I, I saw this happen. And they, they didn't tell me. I observed it by being in their house. I observed it by being in their house. And they said, no no entertainment during the week. So no TV, no games, none of those things. You either read a book or you do your homework or you sit down and talk to us or whatever it is. Or, you know, different things, like structured. I'm like, ah, no TV. So I didn't, I didn't even ask. I just sat down and I observed. I said, and I realized that, ah, okay, this is one of the things I should definitely change. Shortly after that, I was just passing by, you know, going to work and at the station, I my my eyes just spotted this article. And I've shared this article before on Facebook and it said the Obamas on education, on raising their children. I said, eh? Three pounds ninety-five to you know what these guys know about mm-hmm. raising those children. I bought it instantly and I began to read it and he reinforced that thing that no TV, in fact, he said so many things like no TV during the week, as soon as the child can walk or whatever it is, they're making their own bed when they're four or five, they get their own alarm clock
1: yes i remember that. yeah
0: to wake up by themselves and all those things and morning
1: routine that they get up and do that in morning routine and stuff like that yeah they
0: do their morning routines you know once you finish your homework and you have free time during the week go and read go and read expand your mind no games no tv etc and i began to take those things and i began to implement
1: i did all of that all of that i did
0: did you enjoy that I mean, it was all right. know, i now. Thinking back now, right? <laughs> and I implemented that. So I said, no entertainment during the week. You shut yeah. the TV off um, during the weekend. And it's not even, unless just sit in front of the TV for 10 hours, you know. You, structured. It, structured entertainment um, and so on. So, you know, uh, began to implement that to the point. So what I'm talking about, the element that I'm focusing on, the third element, is about routines, Routines will save that child's life. You know, some people may not agree. They may think, you know, the child is brilliant and intelligent and the child would do well regardless. <clears throat> from experience, from 15 years of teaching experience, I can definitely tell you that's not true. Even if they're brilliant enough to sort of, you know, uh, sail through their diseases, six form is common. Yeah sixth form is not the same as gcses i'll give you an example in maths gcses in this country you don't even see anything relating to calculus some of the most difficult aspects before you reach university starting year 12. so as a teacher back then as a maths teacher you know, we we planned it as in the beginning of term we will have departmental meeting and we we'll remind ourselves that you have to scare this year twelves a little bit to let them know that they are coming with shoulders heights. Yeah, got A star. Your A star is equivalent. I think I don't remember exactly. I think it's, I think it's a D or E at A level. So if you sit down now with all you know from GCSE and you take your you know your, your, your uh, year thirteen exam, you probably get a D or an E. I don't remember the equivalent and. When just making up the num- the were when making it up, it was like that's how it was in terms of the syllabus. So even if they can sort of get away with it, and the there was a very very quick differentiation between the children that had the work ethic to back up the results and the ones who didn't. In fact, within the first term, you could already see because they're lazy. They don't want to do the work. You tell them, um, because sixth form is not as regimented as, um, years, year 11. They don't, they spend all their free time talking or going out and eating and whatever it is, and they don't do the work. So they begin, the gap just begins to widen and widen and widen. So routines are so important. They're so important for me. I didn't, you know, um, I didn't start when the child was two or one or whatever it is, which is probably when she started. So I'm saying, you don't, need, you know, you can't say, oh, the child is a bit, you know, more grown up now. The more grown up the child is, the more challenging it will be for you to implement it because they're a little bit set in their ways. But I always believe that as long as the child is living under my roof, I'm. <laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, <laughs> uh, even if you're 18, yeah, do you understand? Uh, obviously the, the type of relationship will evolve, but I'm still your mother. If I tell you, you need to sit down and study, even if you're 18, studying, you will sit down. It's not a matter of, you know, slam the door and say, I won't do it. it not in my house. Okay. Because I still have authority over you. So it's routines, routines, routines.
1: Um, I would want to add to that to say that by the time it gets to when a child is older, so I think by the time it gets to year 11 um, I think the child should be able to make up their own routine. So it also demonstrates their willingness to put in the work Mm. especially because as the child going to the lessons doing the work, you in that aspect know more than a parent about what you need to focus on and what you need to do to improve. So creating your own timetable to say that oh English is kind of slacking now and let me bring that up yeah and that, yeah yeah and that way you're it also helps to give the parents security to know that their child is working but at the same mm. time you also do what you know you need to do yeah so just focusing on one thing
0: absolutely and that's something that I learned actually remember for me it's a journey and I'm still learning um that I learned from Maxine is I'm saying why you know you have to do I'll say two things <laughs> I was a The <laughs> first one is I learned from her that okay, beca- I had to trust the yeah. person I had <laughs> yeah. built or raised. If that makes sense, you remember I said first of all, the first thing is you have to build the person. You have to build the child into the kind of person that would effortlessly yes. produce success. So it's the success is the fruit. Is not the root. You yeah. have to build the root and the fruit will come. Not the tree. So when I wanted to, like, say, so you have to do this way, you have to do this way, and she was getting to, like, year 11, and she was like, no, this is how to do it. I had to take a step back and trust what I had built, if yes. that makes sense. And she ended up being right.
1: Yes, that's mainly because I'm... So uh, you always suggested for me to have a very strict timetable of, okay, have fifty minute break, work for two hours, have a 15-minute break, have lunch, And for me, that felt very, because restricting, Mm -hmm. especially since I knew that if I decided that today I'm going to do just history and maths, I could sit down and spend four hours doing that Mm -hmm. and overlap the timetable. And Mm -hmm. just the idea of having a timetable made me want to not do any work. So what I did instead was create a list of all the things I needed to do in each subject. And then each day I would wake up and say, okay, today I'm going to tackle these ones. So that way it gave me, some flexibility yeah and give you some spontaneity while keeping it within the lines yeah
0: so basically what we're saying is to be able to trust the child to make their own decisions to make their own decisions and in you know building routines um the second thing i'm going to say is you have to know the child yes some things work for certain children some things don't work for other children so for example
1: tejorie is very good at
0: keeping to timetable. Yes. So I was on you know so my son, he if you leave him (laughs) (laughs) and say, Okay, this is what you need to do today and just leave him, he will forget. Do you understand? But he I noticed over the years that he thrives with routines. Yes. He loves routines. If you say nine o'clock, this is, he will be the one that will come and knock on your door and say, it's nine o'clock. Yes. John's like, he loves, so his brain is wired for routines, yes. which is opposite to Maxine.
1: Exact opposite. Exact
0: opposite. <laughs> so exact. it works for him. So like, like tick boxes, okay, this is what we're doing. And he has a timetable and within the time, so we'll have maybe weekend time, you know, that he's playing. So he's preparing for 11 plus exams at the moment. So, you know, you have to know the child. Yeah. Um when you're you know, um when they're as they're getting older, you're observing and you know what works for them. So you're mm. not trying to use one size fits all yeah for all the children. Um but routines are so, so important. Yes. you know, you can't you Either know Either way
1: you need one, whether or not it's different for each child, you still need one. Yes.
0: Um what I'll do, I'm not going to, you know, go say too much about that my i wrote a facebook post or a series of facebook posts if i can find them i think i'll try and find them um i will link them in my in the show notes so you literally just click on it and go and read about what i wrote about the obamas and what they said about routines Mm -hmm. um because we can agree that they've raised some really excellent children now the fourth one is what you know the fourth element that you need to be intentional about and you need to focus on in helping your child achieve academic excellence is friendships um self-esteem and they're linked together you might say what well, has friendships and uh, you know got to do with self-esteem they're so linked very linked
1: they're so very, especially
0: very... especially you know like um from primary school growing up all the way to secondary school and so on they've almost as safe because I, I, you know I, I think of myself as a little bit of a loner. As if, if I don't have friends, <laughs> I'm just, if I'm enjoying my life more, nobody's talking to me. I guess it's the introvert in me or whatever. But it's as I see for young children, part of their identity is with the people or their friends. So you have to help and be intentional about helping them. Number one, not take too large a chunk of that identity from the friendships.
1: Yeah, over overwhelming, like an overwhelming chunk and being yes. all consumed by it. Yes,
0: to the point that their friends are their world, yeah. okay? So as a parent, you have to... I think that is the natural drift of things. That is it naturally is. the way things will progress. Yeah. Uh, that's the natural trajectory. So you have to be intentional about always bringing them back to the true source of identity
1: Jesus. which
0: is christ and the identity that you give them saying look you are beautiful and all those things so it is something that we could spend the whole episode talking about and i think probably i'll have Maxime back uh to talk about this as well you know yes, friendship definitely. issues self-confidence self-esteem is so important in yeah. the child you have to continually affirm the child and who they are all right. Don't join with the people that are trying to pull your child down no. by saying you're stupid. Why are you behaving like this? You're an idiot. And all those things that African parents tend to do. Right. Um, so it's, it's being aware of that. All right. Don't dismiss it and say, why are you, why they're not talking to you. Why are you crying? Why can't you not just stand as in dismissing it and saying, just talk to somebody else. It's not that easy. It's
1: not. Yeah, it really isn't.
0: It's not that easy for a child to just say, okay, I'm just going to find somebody else to talk with. Um, The more we build up confidence in our children, all right, the more they're able to do that. But don't assume that it would automatically be easy for you because you are an adult and you're thinking as an adult, But this is a child, Yeah. all right?
1: And I think there's also a responsibility for the child because as a child, you need to make friends who are like-minded. So if you are expecting to win first place, in like in a game called Life. Yeah. You need to have friends who expect to also win first place and so mm. not to just have a participation award. You need friends who are also aiming high and even if you all get different results it's about the journey and the progress that you all made yeah and you all make that progress together depending and it doesn't quite matter at the end what what get. the numbers you get yeah. as long
0: as you all make progress yeah
1: and and astonishing progress and that's yeah. what we want
0: awesome so um that's another thing we need to be intentional who are your who are your you know child's friends you know ask them about their friends not in a
1: Questioning. interview, yes. questioning,
0: but create a, you know, room or an environment for them to be able to share about their friends and for the more quieter child, ask, you know, some t- some, some children, you don't need to ask, they'll tell you everything that happened at school. All right. That's
1: me. <laughs> That's Maxine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but today is, you know, he's quieter, he's more reserved. So you need to sort of ask oh, and so on. But anyway, you need to know what's going on because... Bullying, I tell you, you know, again, this is me talking from my experience as a teacher. Um, I I remember as a head of year, which, you know, um, in secondary school, I think I did that role for about five years. Bullying was like the major, the top thing I dealt with. All kinds of bullying. Cyber bullying. This one is not talking to me. The group is isolating. That was like the top thing that I dealt with. Not even... outlandish behavior, it was bullying. And the children children refusing to come to school, just being completely distraught. So um, be intentional about that. That's one element that you need to focus on as a parent. And the last one, which is also the most important, um, is the God factor. I call it the God factor. And what do I mean by the God factor? Now, the God factor, while this is important, this is not really what i'm saying so i don't mean your prayer for the child i mean teaching your child to know god for themselves and to trust him for their own success yes um you want to say something about that
1: um yes i think that as a christian it's one thing for your parents to be praying for you and it's one thing for you to know that but it's another thing for you to be praying for yourself Mm. and i feel that that has in a way more power because once you believe that okay now yes i know that i can do all things through christ but now i know i can go into my geography exam Mm. doing all things you feel empowered and that builds up the Mm self-esteem and it um, spreads into everything that you do and it gives you the god factor yeah
0: so you know god will elevate us beyond our own abilities we need yes to be exceptional to be exceptional you need the God factor as you know, if you're a Christian, teach your children to engage with God. And how do you do that practically? All right? Someone might say, I, I really want to do that, but I don't know how to do it practically. I'll give you an example from my own parenting. Um, and I learned to do this, you know, years ago. And it's something that I've done consistently in, in and I, 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 I started with little things. Okay. Not with big things. So you want to do something you want to, I remember, actually, I remember. Um, this was probably seven, eight years ago. Maxine wanted a computer. She, w- she wanted to buy a computer. A laptop. laptop, yes. yes. Yeah. And I said, I'm not buying you a laptop. Oh. You know, yeah, like all those n- mini things. I,
1: I remember it cost 100 pounds. And for that, that was like... A lot. Yeah. How am I making 100 pounds yeah. at 10 years old? How am I doing that? Yeah. Do I, I don't even
0: think you were 10 at the time. But anyway, so she said, oh, this is what I want. And it wasn't like birthday or Christmas. She just said she wanted it. And I said, okay, you're going to believe God for it. You're going to pray and you're going to go to God and he's going He's going to give it to you, you know. Just believe. And I used to, I, I take opportunities like that yeah. to teach dependence on God and relationship with God and so on. And so she, yeah, 100 pounds or so,
1: 150 i think it 150
0: something like that so i, I think i gave you some money
1: yeah
0: and i said you had to find the rest yeah um so I started and
1: saving and things like that um, yeah. but even
0: what she was saving the point is the way the money came
1: it was random sometimes it was
0: literally there were two people that gave her the bulk of the money that came after you know what i gave her and they literally just it wasn't like oh didn't she didn't yeah, she didn't go out asking anyone for money. The money came. Yeah. And, you know, it's using those kind of experiences to teach the child that there's a God, oh, you know, yeah. and he's for you. Yeah. And he wants to help you and he wants to give you insights. And Maxine, having developed that culture and, you know, now, you know, as she got older, it would be things like go and take, you know, go to God. You're about to do something. Go to God, ask him for scriptures um, let him show you what his will is, what he wants to do, begin to pray and, and praise and declare those scriptures, pray in the spirit over them daily, and so on. And Maxine reaps the fruits of that in her GCSEs.
1: Yes. I do remember, so from the beginning of year 11, I decided that this is what, these are the goals I have, and I'm going to incorporate God into this so that I can reach those goals, because I know that without him, I would never be able to do it. So I had my scripture that I was reading. I had a vision board. I and I also throughout the year would suddenly start thinking about uh, certain praise songs that I just put into one playlist. And that I realized became what I needed for when Jesusy started because I only I didn't listen to any other music than that one playlist. And there were certain exams that I went into bef- uh, that I was going into that I felt really nervous for. And if you have nerves, it's not going to work because you need to be at peace before you go to each exam. So I remember that I walked around two minutes from school. I walked around this big square mm. that was... So I just walked around it listening to this music until I felt at peace and able to carry on. Mm. And only until then did I go into my exam. So that's something yeah. that I did.
0: Um, and, you know, there were things like very accurate direction. And the reason why I say it is for the child, not not you doing it for the child, but teaching the child to do it for themselves is prayer really is meant to convert you, convert your soul yes. and help you change direction like God gives you help. So she's studying something and then she's like, oh, go and study this instead. Or randomly, she just like, oh, let me go and pick up. So as she's making those confessions and praising God and trusting in God, the Holy Spirit literally directed her path throughout that exam to the point that i remember you saying one of your friends was saying everything you you
1: say Ah, comes out that was a big fat miracle because um so there are two separate instances where someone would ask me or in general and i'd be able to answer and everything every time i was like oh guys remember this just before we went into exam they were all able to use that whether it was a literary device for english or a question that came up in science that they need to remember. But there was one instant that was like a big, whoa, sort of moment. And that was before we had our English exam, uh, lots of trains were delayed. So we had to wait for people who were coming in late and we all had a bit of free time. So one person pulled out a random poem and they basically said, I don't know what this poem is, help. So I explained, went through each line and explained the poem line by line and I gave them big words to be using. And I just started talking and we spent the entire like 15 minutes talking talk about this one poem. Go to exam, open the page. It's, the, it's that poem wow. for comparison. So that was a bit where you need to be talking about line by line compared yeah. to another poem. And that's exactly what we did. And we also were talking about for the next question, oh, what other poem would you use? What would you do for the this and that? So we basically planned out our entire paper, half of our paper before we went in.
0: Yeah, that's what I call divine coincidences. And that's the X factor. That's a God factor that comes in. So it's not just, yes, it's not just about praying for the child. Yes, you're doing that. But teach them to know God for themselves so that they are better able to sense his promptings when he's leading them in that change of direction to where he has given the inheritance. Um, And um, there was something else. Okay. I think you're going to mention that. So I'm going to leave it at that. So those are the five elements of success that as a parent, I have learned in my journey of parenting that it is important to focus on as you're building a child for academic excellence Okay. So we're now going to, you know, I'm going to pass da, 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 the baton on to Maxine. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to read through, you know, um, she has 10 points that she's written down, you know, things that she's learned in her journey, and we'll discuss them as well.
1: Yes. So the first one I've written down is that if you don't think it's possible in your wildest dreams, it's not. And I think, so for my personal experience, I thought that it would be possible for me to do really well on my exams in year 11. Granted, I probably should have started thinking about it in year 10, but it started in year 11 and this is when I made the vision board and got the scriptures. And that was when I could see that I was deep enough in my faith to realise that if I really want this, I can have it. Mm. So that's when I started and that's when I started to imagine like, oh, so if I really did get this grade and if I really did do this, how would people react? Would people be celebrating? What would I do to celebrate? What do I want? And I started to really think about it. Mm. And that was what fueled me to do well in the times that, the secret sacrifices when i have been working all day on Saturday preparing for something that won't even be in my marks and thinking about this and that and it made me sit down and just like just me sitting down and thinking about it again and again made me realize how much I wanted it and how I knew it was possible
0: and that helped to pay the sacrifice yes when it was difficult to, yes when you wanted to go and do other things yes
1: and it also set a stone for me that i got to the point where I didn't question it. So I mm. didn't care that people were going out on their Saturdays after their mocks because they now had that free time and mm. I was still at home thinking about the actual exam. Mm. And once I got my mock results, I didn't ever think, oh yeah, I got this nine in the bag. I saw, I thought that, okay, I got a nine in the mocks. That's not my GCSEs though. Mm. I need to either maintain that or work to do even better. Because mm. I knew that, especially with the mocks, it's always slightly easier than an exam. So if I, if I saw that i just scrape the nine in the marks or scrape the seven, scrape the A, I'll think, okay, so how do I do even better than that?
0: Yeah. I want to say something about that as well because its, it's exposure is very good. You, yes. know, in, you know, you say, how, how do you get to the point where you increase your capacity, you know, your mental capacity yes. to be able to believe something? And I remember something very key that happened was actually um, in the summer of year 10 because at this point I and you know for a parent that's listening to me that says, but I'm telling this child you can do it, you can do it. I was in that place where I was telling Maxine, what's stopping you from getting all nines or all eights and nines or whatever it is? I said, why can't you? So that mom, as soon as I opened my (laughs) mouth, it's like mom, you know that's a star star, (laughs) (laughs) all a star star. Yeah, you know, she she just resisted me. She was like seven to nines is, you know, I want. Or, you know minimum of a's whatever i did like you
1: can do it so she what? i knew she wasn't really hearing me. yeah because i the way i saw it was that it's sevens to nine is equivalent to a to a star star so i was thinking what more do you want <laughs> exactly like, a star star is fine but a i a is like it's fine but it's all right it's yes
0: just... anyway so she I was just like whoa i'm like <laughs> like God, you have to help me here, so that <laughs> this girl can see that if you can get a seven, you can get a nine. There's no difference. There's no difference. It's the same amount of effort. It's just a mental capability to be able to believe it, right? And this was the the turning point And you know, I'm so grateful for this. There's a friend of ours, um a friend of mine. um So her daughter went and did GCSEs The year and, before me. Yeah. So you were. This was summer of year ten for yes. you. You were going into year eleven. Yes. She just finished year eleven. 11. And I just, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I didn't even know um, until probably a week after the results came out. And one of my other friends told me, did you hear what, you know, this person's um, daughter got? I'm like, no. What did she get? She got, I think it was all nines. All nines. You know, all nines and one eight.
1: And that eight turned into a nine. No, wait, well, as in, even, <laughs> even
0: before it turned into a nine, it was just like all nines, I think like 10 nines eight. Yes. And I was like, what? She got what? Yeah. And for me, that was the answer to my prayer because I yeah. knew that Maxine, it wouldn't be hard for her to make her believe that she could. It's because she hadn't yet conceived it in her mind. She couldn't yet, you know, she was thinking far away that it was some random child yeah. somewhere that could achieve it, not yeah. somebody like her. So as soon as I heard and I called, I said, Maxine. And I said, Do you know what this person got? She said, What did she get? I said I said she got n- 10, nights and what eight. She was like, Ah yeah, I, Jesus. Video, I
1: was like, Ah
0: She just was really I remember she was <laughs> rolling on the
1: floor. She was like, What?
0: She, and I could see I could almost see her her eyes and everything was expanding said, like, Are you serious? She means this possible. So she went and started watching YouTube videos. Yes. And all those things.
1: Because- yeah. Because the way I saw it was that I've met this girl. Yeah, somebody I, like you. Yeah, I was like, I've met this girl. I I seen her. She's not some Einstein up all oh, high yeah. and it's biting. someone like you. Yeah, someone it's someone like, like yeah. you. Yeah. Then I saw that she got her nails, and, and I was like, hold on, <laughs> what difference between her and me? Exactly,
0: and that's what context will do. So if you're saying, oh, but I'm trying to tell this, I'm trying to tell this, you're not listening. They, you know, they're not believing me that they can do it. You may need to expose them to people in that context that are also achieving success so that they can see that, "Ah, no, it's not not because this person is special. It's because they know certain things that I don't yet know. Okay. And that was what happened for Maxine. And, you know, we've always done vision boards, but she, you know, she was more determined. It just... That was the answer to my prayer, that, you know, God just basically expanded her mind. Point number two.
1: And number two is that you can dream up any grade you want. So it links to the first one. And my example for that was that in year 10, I was getting fours in geography, which is the equivalent of a low C. So I was barely passing at the beginning of year 10. But flash forward to year 11, I got a nine which is an in, yes, mm. in my GCSEs which is an A star star and when I was in year 10 I thought I really want to get this 9 in geography I really want to prove to myself and everyone around me that not only can I double this 4 I yeah. can do even better than that and get a 9 yeah. so it was just that if I can dream it up if I can make it into if I can imagine it in my mind mm-hmm. you can you can do it yeah so no matter what grades you start with you can literally get anything anything
0: so nothing is beyond or out of your reach awesome
1: yeah Yeah. but and the next one leads into that as well so step uh, number three is that it takes steps so the example i have for that is history where i also got a nine in history and in the beginning of year 10 i was consistently getting sixes so i thought okay if i have a six and i wanted nine how do i get there and i realized as I look back on all my reports, I realised I was guessing, consistently getting sixes, then making a step up and using what my teachers were telling me and consistently getting sevens. And so I was consistently getting eights until year nine and um, year 11, where I, in my GCSEs, I got the nine. Yeah. So even though you can dream up anything, it takes time and you can't wake up and just have it like that
0: yeah you have to work for it and it's also about taking responsibility and getting feedback yes so um talking from the teacher's perspective um you know teach your child and you know side with the with, with the with the teacher as well so teach your child to take whatever their teacher is telling them as in the feedback. Um, because it's easy to say, well, you know, this child doesn't know what they're talking about. If your yeah. teacher is one of the greatest resources that you will have. In fact, you know, we, we used to tell students back then that you have to, u- I'm your teacher, right? You have to use me because I'm your greatest resource. It's not the textbook. Yeah. If you need help, you need to come and ask me, you know, what are the gaps? Ask, teach your child to ask your, their teachers. Specific questions. What gaps do I need to close? What's the feedback they're giving the child? They need to take it seriously and be willing to work for it. So that is where what I talked about building the routines and the work ethic and all those things will come into it. Okay. If you build my point, number one, if you build a child that is always wanting to improve rather than a child that just wants to coast, that is where that would come in handy, where they have a dream. But they're also willing, remember, it's the fruits coming out of a root, they're willing to work for it. Yeah. So you're not just dreaming and they're sitting down.
1: Yeah. And from the child's perspective, another trap not to fall into is that um, I always hear people being like, oh, Mr. So-and-so just doesn't like me. That's why I did badly. Yeah. Oh, Miss Miss So-and-so doesn't know how to, how to mark. If someone else had marked, I would have done so much better. Mm. And if you blame the teachers, you're never going to progress. Yeah. And you need to go to your teacher and ask for the extra stuff you yeah. know you might feel that oh why am i doing this mm. you do need to do it the yeah. next thing that i have is again knowing why you're working so hard so that leads to the first one of having the vision board having the end goal in sight so you're constantly thinking about it so you need to know when it times get tough you need to know why you need to know what you're aiming for you need to believe that you can do it and number five is have faith in God and his ability so that you need to be able to believe that God can do it and that no matter what grade you are starting off, whether it's year nine, year eight, you need to believe that by the end you can get the grade and now it leads to having your own bible verse that talks about uh, going from nothing to something and being able to really trust in God God so that when it comes down to actually revising for your GCSEs, you know when to read something that you didn't really think about and then it ends up coming in, coming up in exams and that yeah. happened to me, especially with sciences, where I'd read something or wake up and remember that, ah, oh, I haven't revised this one since year 10 and then I revise it and it turns out to be six markers. And I have it three times for three different exams. Okay. Do you want... Before we move... So someone might be
0: saying, how do I believe God? You know, if a teenager, you're a 10 student, you're 11 you listen to this. Yeah.
1: Do you want to talk briefly about your own process? Or maybe even share the okay. scripture. Um, so for me, I would start with some really good praise songs. Because mm-hmm. there are songs that when you listen to them, they just fill you up mm. and they make you believe and make you reinforce the things that you already know about how good God is to you and you need to be able to read your Bible and sit you need to sit and be able to read your Bible and a way that I did it was that I started during year 11 and year 10 I started trying to read my Bible every day and then you can start to build that up to say okay Lord, I have my GCSEs. You know I have my GCSEs. How are we going to do it? How? What's, what am I going to believe for? Then you can start to pray and listen to your praise songs and scriptures will come to mind, verses will come to mind, which you will look up. And one of them for me was, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil art with me. Even though it's something that everyone knows, mm. it was special to me, especially since GCSEs felt like <laughs> it the value of the shadow of death. death it was not it was not fun it wasn't easy it wasn't a walk in the park it mm-hmm. was the Valley of the shadow of death yeah so i knew that even though i was going through that i didn't have to fear any evil because god had already gone ahead of me
0: okay yes um and and i also remember there was this so when um the summer before the start of the academic year i called you know both of my children go to god ask him for a scripture mm. what he wants to do with you and in you you know um for this year and i know that god gave you a scripture
1: yes mine was published three twenty one to 26 mm. and uh that scripture didn't necessarily have obvious relations to academics. It usually doesn't. Because it yeah. it's
0: the Holy Spirit that will open your yeah. eyes to bring it alive in your own situation.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so a portion of that was I sleep like a baby, safe and sound as i rest in you. My rest is sweet and secure. I need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the s- destruction that comes upon the wicked, for you and my security. You keep my foot from being caught in a trap. Okay. And especially the things about um sleeping. Was quite important, I realized when it came to about February, March, Mm. because it was after my marks but before my GCSEs. So it was a bit of like crunch time in a sense that do I really know where I am? So that was a time where I got quite stressed. So, me being able to say that just before I go to bed made me relax and be able to sleep properly because you need your sleep. God promised you. And there's life in His word when you speak it. Awesome. So, next. Next is praise, which you've talked about. Mm -hmm. Then the seventh one is have goals and make it concrete. So that means that's in a, in a daily way. So when you wake up, you have your goals that I'm not going to bed until I've done X, Y, and Z. Mm. There's no excuse. I'm not going to bed. I'm not sitting. I'm not chatting. I'm going to do it. Mm. And then have um, for geography, for example, you have the four. You want the nine. You can't wake up and just have it yeah what steps are you going to take what goals what are your intermediate goals Mm -hmm. so are you going to get the six first are you going to go are you going to have the five are Mm -hmm. you going to go straight to seven Mm -hmm. you need to have your goals and you need to be realistic with yourself Mm -hmm. to know that okay maybe I can't just skip a grade like that I need to take those steps or maybe I know that if I work hard now I can go straight to six and then from six we'll see Mm -hmm. so that sort of thing and number eight is have good friends who are like minded Mm which was very big thing for me, especially yeah. within year 10 and year 11, because I had a very big friendship group in year 10 and half of it was split, I guess, in three ways where you had the people who would just walk into exams and do it pretty well because mm. it's GCSEs is one of those things that there are certain people who can't just walk in and get the sevens. Mm-hmm.
0: And I always tell you, you don't know what they are doing at home.
1: Exactly. Okay? So they say
0: they say they are not revising. And to be honest with you, I tell you this as well that um, one of one of one of those friends, her mom's a teacher. <laughs> 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 her mom's a science teacher in a secondary school. There's no way. There's no way her That's, mom just yeah. does. You know, she just sits and watches TV on social media all day, and she yeah. just walks into exam. So I know that. When, even when some of you know tell let your you know tell a child that's listening to this don't always believe it because yeah. it's not always true sometimes it's just to sound cool yeah you guys don't say cool anymore but you know what i mean it's just yeah. to sound like oh i'm superior i don't need to study i can you know spend all my time on social media or out with friends why do i need to it's yeah, not yeah. half of the time it's not
1: true okay okay and then the other group within my group were the people that are like oh school's hard I can't I'm just gonna stick with the six I can't I just can't so the mm-hmm. people that will constantly be self-deprecating mm-hmm. and constantly be like oh the teacher doesn't like me or, it doesn't matter the grade you know what examiners they can do what they like mm-hmm. and that was very negative because you try and encourage them but every now and then you realise that they just like talking like that yeah and you're
0: absorbing their ways as yeah. well yeah
1: and then the final group with um inside my friendship were the people who were like minded like me who had the goals and who were willing to work hard and to proclaim that they worked hard Mm -hmm. and not to just make it seem as if they didn't Mm. so when it came to year 11 I realized that I'm not playing anymore I'm not here to be say uh, she said he said I'm not here to be ignored by these people who Mm. are being mean to me so I just took my friends and we went and sat by ourselves and it took more from inside me to do it than I actually did externally because externally they didn't like it but since we were always playing that game of, I'm not going to talk to you directly. Mm. I'm not, I'm just going to talk through people. It never really affected me. So yes, they would talk to other people. Mm. They'll talk amongst themselves, but they never touched me. But for me to actually get up and sit with them staring at me like that, was, was it took, it took a lot.
0: That took more. And I believe that the strength came from God. Yeah. You know, it came from reassurance. And remember that I said one of the elements is, um, you know, being intentional about friendships where your child is concerned. So I encouraged Maxine and said, listen, you know, you can do it. If they are not really serving the purpose that you want to serve, that you are aiming for, don't worry, just do it. It doesn't matter. You probably, once year 11 finishes, you're changing school. You, you know, who knows if you're ever going to see them again. So don't based on something that's temporary so basically what i'm saying is the parent element comes in and the strength also came from god because she was also connected to him yeah and had committed the process to him so god knew the changes that needed to happen yes. for the success to happen so god gave her the strength to make those changes
1: yes and i will say that when it came to making those changes when i realized that okay stuff so, something needs to change I remember that I had to sit down with myself and with God and say and take inventory because like I said I was in a friendship group with about 12 people, 10, 12 people and I had to sit down and think about go through each name and think does this person make me happy, does this person make me feel good about myself, will I be really upset if I lose friendship with this person and I thought okay out of all of them I separated the wheat from the chaff and i thought okay these are the friends these are the core friends that i need to keep Mm. these are the ones that were all aiming high and we're not necessarily all aiming for the same things the Mm. same grades but all of us the grades that we're aiming for seems like a years away Mm. so for all of us to get our goals we can't stay so i talked to all of them and that's how we made that decision Mm. so it was me so you definitely can't just Walk up and do it by yourself. You need to be able to, you need to know why and to have reasons so that when it gets tough, you know that I'd rather do it now than be crying again because it's just not worth it. Yeah. Then number nine is talk to your teachers. So, like you're saying, your teachers are your greatest asset hmm. because um, when it got to um, near the end and when I was about to go on study leave, I decided that for my teachers, I was going to ask for extra essays. I was going to listen to what they said in lessons and do the work, do extra creative writing, do an extra history essay, do the extra paper for geography. And then, because they are happy to market. Hmm. They like the fact that you're working hard and you will get noticed for that. For example, with French, at the start of year 11, I realised that I'm not where I want to be with my French, especially since French is one of my favourite subjects. I'm not happy with where I am. And Hmm. I don't think... The way I'm carrying on, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to reach my goal. Mm. And it got to the point where I was considering getting a tutor mm-hmm. because I just really wasn't happy with how my French was turning out. So I decided that I was going to use the resources of my teacher because she's um, announced that she was going to do a club. It was going to be Friday afternoon. And I, when she said Friday, I knew that no one would turn up to this club because people want to have their chips, they're tired. They don't want to be spending like lunchtime mm. in the classroom. So I was the only one that turned up to this French club for the entire year. Every now and then, my other friend would turn up, but I was the only one going to this club. Mm. So that really helped my French because instead of doing what the actual club was meant for, we just sat and did all the things I needed to work on. Mm. And that really boosted my grades. And even though I wasn't doing it just to impress my teacher, it impressed her, and I ended up getting a prize for prize giving for that. So even though I wasn't intentional about it, it happened and you also got the GCSE results exactly <laughs> yeah. so number 10 the last and final one is that you don't need to tell everyone your goals so even though your teachers are your best asset you don't they they are not almighty in a mm-hmm. sense that if they tell you that you're never gonna get more than the six just stick with the six they don't know what you're doing at home they don't know how where God is taking you mm-hmm. So even if you have the people telling you that oh you're stupid Uh, how do you really do you really think that working hard is gonna help? You need to just blot out to remember your goal and Mm -hmm. just remember that you don't need to tell everyone. And yeah, so to help you with the fact that not everyone's going to be supportive, you really don't need to tell everyone. You can tell the people who are gonna help you. Who are going to support you, yeah. Yeah. But I don't tell my teachers what you were going for? Yeah, yeah, because they predicted me sevens, and I c- completely ignored any predictions that my teachers gave me because mm. they give you loads of predictions before GCSE. And, and, and teachers are usually them. quite um
0: conservative. anyway. yeah, they're very they skeptical. <coughs> yeah. yeah, they don't want to like say you're going to get an eight, and then you end up getting a six, and then the yeah. head teacher will go for them basically. Yeah. So yeah.
1: And I realised this when in my GCSE marks I got a nine in my in DT. Then I looked at my projected grade and I said an eight. And I was like, how does this work? Especially since I've been doing really well. Mm. So I asked my teacher at parents' evening. And he said that, oh yeah, we can't give anyone nice because we don't know where nine is yet. So I thought, okay, let me, not, let me ignore any of that. Mm. So I decided to do it for all teachers. So I, didn't look at, I looked at the grades I was getting so I knew where I'm going, but I didn't look at any predictions because mm. I knew that my predictions were different from yours. So if you agreed with me, I was like, hey, high five. If you don't, goodbye. Yeah. So that's my 10. are yeah. my 10 steps. Wow. This
0: is, a, this is a wonderful. Um, and have nuggets. fun. <laughs> <laughs> have fun. Try. Try to have fun.
1: Yeah. Because it's not all work. There is play, which is why you need the good friends. Because mm-hmm. when you're all exhausted, you all need that one thing to just sit and laugh about. Yeah. And for you to be able to share that journey together. And especially, like I said, you're not all going to be aiming for the same things. But for all of you it should be something that's yeah. far away yeah the, the, and you all bring yourself up all yeah because yeah. I remember on my results day going to my friends and seeing all the results and realising that
0: every single one of you
1: did so much better than we thought we would mm. and I could see um, if I got the same result if I got the top result as someone else and I see that we worked together for that mm. result. Yeah. And also we sat down during, before the exams and we went through the course together and that's why we did so well because mm. we all worked together and brought each other up which yeah. was really nice to see. Okay,
0: awesome. Thank you so much, Maxine. Thank
1: you for having <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> I really enjoyed that and um, I believe we're going to have you back to, to, <laughs> to talk specifically about, I think, friendship issues and... Yes. Um, uh, maybe particularly with girls self-esteem yes. self-confidence and, yeah. and identity and all those kind of things
1: yeah especially since i'm out of that now yeah because yeah.
0: yeah it's secondary school anyway yeah I, I think i think the older you get the easier it becomes yeah so to share your own experience yeah. um of how you dealt with it yeah, even as far back as maybe primary school because yeah. I, I remember some experiences
1: yeah because having okay so going to all girl school i think was very useful for me because you can concentrate on your work and because you can get very comfortable with your friends. Mm. And that was something I liked. But at the same time, it could be quite overwhelming to be just around my girls because girls are known for <laughs> arguing a lot. And it may be a stereotype, but a I've nice seen it. Word for it. Yeah, yeah, it is. I've seen it come true. So it was quite. It was finding that balance, which is why I had to cut out a lot of my friends because they really did like to argue and pick arguments and do this and that. and is, yeah yeah
0: so um thank you to everyone that's listened to this podcast thank it's, you very much <laughs> um it's a bit long but it is well worth it i'm sure you'd agree so. um send us your feedback um, yes. send us questions if you have specific questions for maxine or for myself then please email at contact at allow or if um there's a there's a teenager maybe year seven to year 11 that you may want Maxine to connect with that has questions. I'm sure you'd be happy to do that, right? I
1: would, I would. All
0: right, so that's us. Allow me and Maxine. (laughs) Uh, And I will be back next time. Thank you. Bye. Hey, before you go, do me a favor. If you've enjoyed today's podcast or any of the ones that you've listened to, can you please share with friends, family, and colleagues? Thanks.